Episode 21. Play had now reached a level of ferocity beyond anything they had yet seen. The beaters on both sides were acting without mercy. Volkov and Volkanov in particular seemed not to care whether their clubs made contact with bludger or human as they swung them violently through the air. Dimitrov shot straight at Moran, who had the quaffle, nearly knocking her off her broom. Foul! roared the Irish supporters as one, all standing up in a great wave of green. Foul! echoed Ludo Bagman's magically magnified voice. Dmitriov skins Moran, deliberately flying to collide there. And it's got to be another penalty. Yes, there's the whistle. The leprechauns had risen into the air again, and this time they formed a giant hand which was making a very rude sign indeed across the pitch toward the villa. At this, the villa lost control. They launched themselves across the pitch and began throwing what seemed to be handfuls of fire at the leprechauns. Watching through his omnoculars, Harry saw that they didn't look remotely beautiful now. On the contrary, their faces were elongating into sharp, cruel-beaked bird heads, and long, scaly wings were bursting from their shoulders. And that, boys, yelled Mr. Weasley over the tumult of the crowd below, is why you should never go for looks alone. Ministry wizards were flooding onto the field to separate the villa and the leprechauns, but with little success. Meanwhile, the pitched battle below was nothing to the one above. Harry turned this way and that, staring through his omnoculars as the quaffle changed hands with the speed of a bullet. Levski, Dmitriov, Moran, Troy, Mullet, Ivanova, Moran again, Moran, Moran scores! But the cheers of the Irish supporters were barely heard over the shrieks of the villa. The blasts, now issuing from the ministry members' wands, and the furious roars of the Bulgarians. The game recommenced immediately. Now Levski had the quaffle. Now Dmitriov. The Irish beater Quigley swung heavily at a passing bludger and hit it as hard as possible toward Crumb, who did not duck quickly enough. It hit him hard in the face. There was a deafening groan from the crowd. Crumb's nose looked broken. There was blood everywhere. But Hassan Mustafa didn't blow his whistle. He had become distracted, and Harry couldn't blame him. One of the villa had thrown a handful of fire and set his broomtail alight. Harry wanted someone to realize that Crumb was injured, even though he was supporting Ireland. Crumb was the most exciting player on the pitch. Ron obviously felt the same. Time out! Ah, come on! You can't play like that! Look at him! Look at Lynch! Harry yelled. For the Irish seeker had suddenly gone into a dive, and Harry was quite sure this was no Ronsky feint. This was the real thing. He's seen the snitch! Harry shouted. He's seen it! Look at him go! Half the crowd seemed to have realized what was happening. The Irish supporters rose in a great wave of green, screaming their seeker on. But Crumb was on his tail. How he could see where he was going, Harry had no idea. There were flecks of blood flying through the air behind him. 
but he was drawing level with Lynch now as the pair of them hurtled toward the ground again. They're going to crash, shrieked Hermione. They're not, roared Ron. Lynch is, yelled Harry. And he was right. For the second time, Lynch hit the ground with tremendous force and was immediately stampeded by a horde of angry Vila. The snitch! Where's the snitch? bellowed Charlie along the row. He's got it! Crumb's got it! It's all over! shouted Harry. Crumb, his red robes shining with blood from his nose, was rising gently into the air, his fist held high, a glint of gold in his hand. The scoreboard was flashing. Bulgaria, 160! Ireland, 170! Across the crowd, who didn't seem to have realized what had happened. Then... Slowly, as though a great jumbo jet was revving up, the rumbling from the Ireland supporters grew louder and louder and erupted into screams of delight. Ireland win! shouted Bagman, who, like the Irish, seemed to have been taken aback by the sudden end of the match. Crumb gets the snitch, but Ireland win! Good Lord, I didn't think any of us were expecting that! Why, what did he catch the snitch for? Wrong bellowed, even as he jumped up and down, applauding with his hands over his head. He ended it when Ireland were 160 points ahead. The idiot! He knew they were never going to catch up, Harry shouted back over all the noise, also applauding loudly. The Irish chasers were too good. He wanted to end it on his terms, that's all. He was very brave, wasn't he? Hermione said leaning forward to watch Crumb land, and the swarm of many wizards blasting a path through the battling leprechauns in Vila to get to him. He looks a terrible mess. Harry put his omnoculars to his eyes again. It was hard to see what was happening below, because leprechauns were zooming delightedly all over the pitch, but he could just make out Crumb surrounded by many wizards. He looked surlier than ever, and refused to let them mop him up. His teammates were around him, shaking their heads and looking dejected. A short way away, the Irish players were dancing gleefully in a shower of gold descending from their mascots. Flags were waving all over the stadium. The Irish national anthem blared from all sides. The Vila were shrinking back into their usual beautiful selves now, though looking dispirited and forlorn. Well, we fought bravely, said a gloomy voice behind Harry. He looked around. It was the Bulgarian minister for magic. You can speak English, said Fudge, sounding outraged. And you've been letting me mime everything all day. Well, it was very funny, said the Bulgarian minister, shrugging. And as the Irish team perform a lap of honor, flanked by their mascots, the Quiddish World Cup itself is brought into the top bugs roared Bagman. Harry's eyes were suddenly dazzled by a blinding white light as the top box was magically illuminated so that everyone in the stands could see the inside. Squinting toward the entrance, he saw two panting wizards carrying into the box a vast golden cup, which they handed to Cornelius Fudge, who was still looking very disgruntled that he'd been using sign language all day for nothing. 
Let's have a really loud hand for the gallant losers, Bulgaria, Bagman shouted. And up the stairs, into the box, came the seven defeated Bulgarian players. The crowd below were applauding appreciatively. Harry could see thousands and thousands of almanocular lenses flashing and winking in their direction. One by one, the Bulgarians filed between the rows of seats in the box, and Bagman called out the name of each as they shook hands with their own minister and then with Fudge. Crumb, who was last in line, looked a real mess. Two black eyes were blooming spectacularly on his bloody face. He was still holding the snitch. Harry noticed that he seemed much less coordinated on the ground. He was slightly duck-footed and distinctly round-shouldered. But when Crumb's name was announced, the whole stadium gave him a resounding, ear-splitting roar. And then came the Irish team. Aidan Lynch was being supported by Moran and Connolly. The second crash seemed to have dazed him, and his eyes looked strangely unfocused. But he grinned happily as Troy and Quigley lifted the cup into the air, and the crowd below thundered their approval. Harry's hands were numb with clapping. At last, when the Irish team had left the box to perform another lap of honor on their brooms, Aidan Lynch on the back of Connolly's, clutching hard around his waist and still grinning in a bemused sort of way, Bagman pointed his wand at his throat and muttered, Quietus! They'll be talking about this one for years, he said hoarsely. A really unexpected twitch, that. <laughs> Shame it couldn't have lasted longer. Ah, yes. Yes, I owe you uh, how much? For Fred and George had just scrambled over the backs of their seats and were standing in front of Ludo Bagman with broad grins on their faces and their hands outstretched. <laughs>